gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural uh, podcast of the Center of Influence podcast. We have one of our Center of Influences with us today. My name is Lil Barkaski. I am the CEO of the Center of Influence community, one of the partners there. I'm also the CEO of GWN Publishing, which you might notice in my little tag there. Um, we're a wonderful community of authors and thought leaders, and we have a couple of great books that have already been produced, and one of our wonderful authors is with us today. Uh, and I will introduce my cohort, my partner in crime, one of our partners at the Center of Influence, Jess Rydell. Thank you, Lil. Hi, hi, hi. I'm Jess Rydell. Um, also, uh, one of the co-authors of Leading with Light, so I'm excited to have um, one of my illustrious co-authors here today to interview. I am an intuitive life coach and sales success coach, as well as a writer. And we are really excited to have listeners here on our first podcast with, and, and Joanne, I don't know if you realize this, Joe, but you are the very first guest on the very first podcast. So this is a first, first, first and there's three of us, and three's a magic number, so I cannot wait to kick this off. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm super excited. When I heard about the podcast, I was like, so thank you so much. This is so exciting. Good. We're so glad to have you. So, so Joanne, tell everybody like a little bit about you, where you are, what you're up to, um, anything you want to talk about in terms of your chapter in the wonderful Leading with Light volume one because volume two is now taking authors which you know of course it's good without my promoting something i shouldn't <laughs> ever be but we are and we're, we're looking forward to that so tell us a little bit where you are tell people where you're coming from for one thing we're in america in dunedin florida but you are not both of us and i live just a couple blocks away from each other in the beautiful dunedin florida on the gulf of mexico Nice. Well, I am not there. I am a million miles away. My name is Joanne Webb, otherwise known as The Happiness Hustler. And as you can hear, I'm an English girl. I'm from near Liverpool in England, but I'm a girl who lives now in Auckland, New Zealand. So the sun is shining. We are coming into our summer and it's fabulous. Um, and everything about me is about love. I think the last time I spoke to Jess, Jess referred to me as a warrior of love. And I have taken that name and I have rolled with it because I used to, you know, self-love, coach, mentor. Oh, you know, you, you call yourself all these names, but what is it we do? I, I basically help people align with their soul. I help them tune into love and to live a life from love. And when leading with light was mentioned to me, I mean, love and light, it's the same thing, you know, leading with light as I could not, not be part of the book. It was just like, yes, I've got to do that. And my chapter is called changing the world with love and how we go about doing that. And it all starts with self. You are our love warrior. All right. Uh, and the book is wonderful, you guys. So, you know, of course, uh, our our uh, technician, Caitlin Stewart, will be putting things like our book titles and things you can go and find us. And you can always find us on our website where all our books live. So that's a good thing. All right. So we have some questions that you specifically wanted us to ask you. So I'm going to try to ask this the best way I can. Um, so what you talk a lot about healing and self-love. What what is the correlation between those two things? What how do how do those things how does healing and self love work together? 
Well, self-love, first of all, is self-love is basically loving all thyself, being in a place of radical self-acceptance. And I think, you know, I go out and talk to hundreds of people. I can be in a room of when I'm doing a keynote talk and I can say, please put both hands up if you truly love every part of yourself. And maybe 1% can do that. And and sometimes zero, yeah. And sometimes there's a little, you know, a little chat in the crowd. And that breaks my heart. Breaks my heart because I used to not have any self-love whatsoever. And quite frankly, we're all making our life way harder for ourselves when we don't love ourselves. But how do we do that? And, you know, healing and self-love. Well, to come to a place of self-love is healing, isn't it? You're healing all of that part of yourself that you know, being your own worst enemy, beating yourself up emotionally, putting yourself down. I mean, if you've seen somebody do that in the street to another person, you'd probably stand in front of them and go, hey, buddy, don't do that. No, none of that here. We don't agree with that. You know, kids in the playground bullying each other. We're trying to stamp that kind of behavior out, but we're so easy to do it to ourselves. So coming to that place of self-love is a beautiful healing journey. And then healing then goes deeper. We've all got things, you know, there's all things to heal from, isn't there? So I just love yeah, the journey. Yeah. You're right. If your sister were doing that to herself, your friend, you would you would call them out on it, but you don't call yourself out on it. And, mm-hmm. and it is very difficult. I, people ask you the question, if you could be anyone dead, like alive or dead, who would you be? And I have to say, I always say me. Yeah. <laughs> I might be an imbecile. That could be why. But, uh, but I, I, I don't want to be somebody else. I like who I am. You know, and if you could at least like yourself, if not love yourself, it's a good start. Jess, I think you have a question for Joe. Yeah, I do. I do. And kudos to Lil for mastering the art of self-like and love. So that's like myself, at least. Yeah, I don't love all the time, but I certainly have. I overall like myself pretty well. I think the word is comfortable in my own skin. Like me or don't like me. I think that's terrific. That's terrific, Lil. Because I'm old, Jess. (laughs) Because I'm old. In speaking about about healing, Joanne, because I, I, you know, and, and I'll just just sort of put in um, a little frame of reference here, too, because I've, I've done a lot of my own healing work. And I, you know, I worked with a with a healer and, and he talked about, you know, there's certain people that kind of shrink in horror at the word healing or they reject it as if it's something that they don't need. So mm. I want you to kind of kind of flesh this out for me is healing just for certain people or is it for just people with wounding or trauma or is healing is healing for everyone I personally believe healing is for everyone I've never met a person in my 46 years on this planet this time around that doesn't need some form of healing you know I look at my beautiful children you know I know I've brought them up and I have done things that they are going to need healing from that, that I've put them in situations. There's been things in life because at the at the time we are doing the best we can with what we have got. You know, I believe that about every person. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. And we've all got things to heal from, even if it's like strange little things, that thoughts that come into our head that we believe is the truth, but it's just something that has been pro- programmed into us since birth, perhaps. Um, we're, we've got this thought or this belief, which when we actually go and investigate it, we go, is that actually my truth? Or is it just something that's been put upon me by society or by parents or my culture? So healing doesn't necessarily mean healing from a massive trauma, but equally, what is trauma? Trauma is the reaction in a body to an event. So, you know, you and I could see both see a car accident, which is a traumatic experience, but how it affects you and how it affects me, that's the trauma, the effect it has on our body. So, you know, 
there are so many things to heal from and there's so many layers of healing. And actually there's so much beauty in pain. There is so much growth in healing and, and, and facing that pain and honoring your feelings throughout the journey of life. You know, when I look back and I go back to my, maybe my five-year-old self or my 14-year-old self and I go, what do you need? Oh, I just need a hug. And there was nobody there to hug me at the time, perhaps. So that you can hug yourself, you can give that little girl or boy, whatever that's inside of you. You can give them what they needed at the time. And that process is beautiful and breathtaking. But yes, everybody has things they need to heal from and healing is a forever journey we heal till the day we die because life is forever throwing things our way you know there's something might happen today and it triggers something or something happens you think okay well I'm going to address that now here I am on my healing journey I address it usually as it happens but I also see you know we often go into survival mode as well don't we you know my sister got cancer so we all go into survival mode I'm I'm upset about it when it happened face that I'm upset but then I go into supporting her and then I come away from that process and I have to go wow I'm exhausted I need to honor that and I now need to heal from that because if I don't, that's going to get stuck in my body. So it's a forever journey. Show me oh, a human, I'll show you somebody with trauma. And no one is without some level of trauma. And I always like to say one man's floor is another man's ceiling. So what might seem like a trauma to me might be, you know, nothing to you. Or what seems like a giant thing to somebody, you know, everybody, like you say, two people look at a car accident, see it differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Jess, I think you wanted to weigh in there. Did you have something to say? Yeah, no, I, I just, I just think that that was, that was very well put. And I think for anyone that, that, you know, feels like admitting that they need healing somehow is a sign of weakness or, you know, that means you're broken or, you know, we don't need to look at it that way. We need to look at it as, as just a positive alchemy in, in our lives. And, and I, I love the way that you summarize that. I mean, I think, I think you need to, we need to capture that just in words and it would just be a beautiful standalone blog post. <laughs> but I'll kick it back to you, Lil, for the next question. Yeah, no, and, I, and I, we, we deal a lot with people going, writing memoirs and things like that. Right now I'm working with a, two, a police officer, ex-police officer, and a woman whose parents were both male and female, mom and dad, were both police officers back in the day. And her father committed suicide about two or three weeks before her triplet sons were born. He never met his grandsons. You know, so everybody, now you look at like police officers and that's a whole thing. Like they are so afraid to heal from trauma. And so they wrote a book called Living Blue, which talks about le- talking about this before these police officers witness some horrible, horrific thing. You know, first first responders, military there's they're supposed to be stoic and never say that they you know they need to heal and that's a problem and not allowing themselves to see there's a problem you you know why oh can i just plow in for one second why why are we scared to heal we're scared to heal because we're scared to face emotions and to be judged a lot of it has to do with judgment with 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 the police and the military they feel judged when they express that they have a problem they yeah and you know what occasionally they are with the police, if they actually show too much emotion, they start to think, well, they're not going to do a good job. we got to pull them off the beat. It's bad. We have to change that culture and that thinking. Yeah. But also we're not we're not programmed to address all of our emotions either, are we? You know, it's like, you know, we're, we're now we're more in conscious parenting mode where we we allow our children to be angry or to cry. But, you know, at one point it's like, oh, don't cry. Shh, be seen, not heard. And there's all these repressed emotions. But actually we are human. 
every single emotion is there to be felt. And as I said, there is beauty in pain. So if we can face our deepest hurt, our deepest bitterness, resentment, rage, anger, whatever it is, jealousy, because all these things don't sound very nice, do they? But if we can actually get comfortable and sit with it and allow it to flow and just address it because it's telling us something, there's always, it's like putting the pieces of a jigsaw together or a, a treasure map. It's telling us something and it's getting us back into our soul's alignment, each and every emotion. So if we can just take the fear of feeling away mm. and embrace our emotions, because they la- they don't last forever. Feelings don't last forever. No, and all the Ben and Jerry's in the world isn't going to fix it. Kind of helps at the time. Uh, all the Hallmark movies tell you to eat Ben and Jerry's when you feel bad, but it's probably not true. Um, <laughs> you speak a great deal about something you refer to as conscious love. Is that my saying that right? Yeah. Can you expound on that? Tell us what you mean when you say conscious love. What does that mean to you or to us? Or how do we achieve that, I guess? Absolutely. Well, the love word is thrown around a lot, isn't it? I love you. Oh, I love this. I love that. Love you. <laughs> yeah, love you. You know, and oh, I love this dress. I love my car. I love my home. And I love the word love. Love is beautiful. But we got to remember love is an energy. Love is one of the highest forms of energy that we can spread. You know, and you can only be in either love or lack. There is no other place to be. Everything else is just a derivative of those two things. So if we can be in conscious love, what does that mean? It's like operating from love. Is this a loving thought in my head? Judgment isn't loving, is it? So, But if we ask ourselves the question, is this a loving thought? Oh, no, I'm actually being a bit judgmental here. So how can I step back and how can I actually operate from a place of heart-centered love and maybe stay in curiosity rather than judgment? Because I don't know what's going on in that person's life. You know, or is this is this a loving act I'm doing? And even and, you know, as I say, it starts with self. Is this a loving act I'm doing to myself? Is this a loving act? Is this a loving thought? Being conscious about the way we live. You know, it's been it's been proven by scientists in the quantum. We have our subconscious programmed programmed into us mostly before we're seven and we're operating in 95 percent of the time. We're all bumbling around, not really thinking about what we're doing. And if we had to think we'd be exhausted by seven o'clock in the morning, wasn't do I have to put my toothpaste on the toothbrush? I have to turn the shower on, I have to find a towel. We don't think about that. We just do it. But how are you living your life? Are you living it intentionally? Are you spreading love around the planet? Are we spreading fear? Conscious love is being conscious about how you choose to live your life every day and what you want to put out in the world. And every time we take away somebody's anger and it stops with us, you know, somebody's angry to us, say there's road rage or something, and we don't act back in anger, we transmute that energy, we alchemize it, and we turn it back into love. And the more we can give love into the planet, the more we get love. And so it's it's kind of selfish in a way because it feels so bloody good. It's the I think that's the hardest thing I can think of in the world, because what you just said, we don't realize that every second of every day we're making decisions. Left foot first, right foot first, put toothpaste, brush your teeth first, put your contacts in. You know, we make decisions. The more that we can automate certain things and just do them. And and we do, right? We automate things like taking a shower. You don't you don't think about what you did in the shower, probably. Like I turn the water on, what temperature, you know, you don't think about. But we because we're doing that, we're in a sense making judgments, making judgment calls. Should I do this? Should I do that? And I think we're taught as and I don't know, you're not from America. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in America, we're taught to judge everything. 
absolutely everything. We judge the way a person looks, the way their hair looks today. I had an ex-business partner who watched CNN and she would sit there with nothing else to do in her life and judge the clothing on the girls. I'm like, okay, who cares? <laughs> Just tell me what's going on in the world. When you got a minute, tell me what the news is. But, oh, that dress just doesn't look good on her. Oh, what's wrong with her hair today? Who gives a crap? People are shooting at each other. <laughs> this is what matters, right? But we, we are taught to judge the most ridiculous, minimal things. And when we do that, we just suck out the energy in the room. We just suck out the energy. And it's hard not to do that because we are programmed to consistently mm-hmm. judge that burger is better than that burger. I should, you know, every little thing we judge, every tiny, minuscule part of our lives. And if we can start to get rid of some of it, I think we can get to the bigger ones, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's everything's practice. You know, if you've got to remember, we are walking robots. We are programmable robots. Yeah. And we've been programmed from the time we were in our, in, you know, in the womb. But we can also use this programming for really good. You know, there is, there's a lot of stuff in there. That's why we take healing. We've got to take this out. And we've got to reprogram it. We've got to reprogram that. And we've got to change the neural pathways. But we can do it. It just takes practice. You know, and it's, it's that, it's again, it's being conscious. It's like, that's why it's asking the questions. Like, is this a judgmental thought? How can I turn this round to be more open? Like, as you say, well, actually, does it matter what the lady's wearing? Or does it matter if that person's dancing naked on the beach? I don't really have to look at it, but does it matter if, does it matter <laughs> yeah, if somebody's walking down the street singing at the top of their voice? Do I have to cringe? Do I have to be think, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing? That's our programming, isn't it? And the more we can be open, the more we can stay in this, just be conscious about it and keep reminding ourselves, the easier it becomes. Right. And I guess I guess we can't really control like others' judgment. I think what we can control is not letting the judgment of others bother us. You know, I think that's the work. Like we're not going to be able to eliminate judgment in the in everyone around us. That's just an impossibility. But we can be oblivious to it or or just move on regardless of it. And I think that's a very important element of growth. Uh, yeah. Joe, I wanted to actually ask though too. Um, if our listeners were interested in your work, what's an ideal, who's an ideal client for you and, and how can they get in touch with you? Ideal client. I like, I mainly work with women and teenagers and I want, I like to work with people who are ready or who are curious about stepping into their power. They know that there's more to life than just being programmed and doing what they think they should do but they're, they're feeling a little bit uneasy. You know, they're thinking this isn't, I'm not content. I'm not fulfilled. I should be fulfilled and content perhaps because I've got X, Y, and Z. I've got what the paper tells me to do, or I've, you know, I've been, I travel, I've got money, I've done this, whatever. But it's just like, I know that my soul is slightly out of alignment and I want to be totally in alignment and true to me. They probably might not use that verbiage necessarily, but they just feel a little bit off. They know that the they they hear that they might hear word like words like feminine energy or empowerment, but they don't really. They know that they're not living it, but they like to. Hmm. Great. How do they get all of you? We'll be oh, uh, we'll be I, sure I'm to put on. everything in, in the uh, our wonderful technician will put your website and things like that up for us. But say tell it to the people. I'm mainly on Instagram and Facebook. I'm just Joanne Webb on Facebook or the Happiness Hustler and the underscore Happiness Hustler on Instagram. The Happiness Hustler. Okay. The Happiness we'll Hustler. Sure Very that- ironic because I don't believe we need to hustle to be happy, but I do believe happiness is a choice and we can all be happy. Sounds good. All right. We're going to ask you a crazy question. Go for it, Jess. Ask the que- the question of the day. 
wild card question just as a as a writer and and an orator what do you what is your favorite word my favorite word oh wow oh do you know you know it's funny I I have a word that I live by every year and it's gifted to me from source but this year's word is not necessarily my favorite word but last year's word was my favorite word and last year's word was trust Trust. Okay. Trust so it changes is one every of, year. Like you, you, yeah, you well, this year my word is bloom. And I love the word bloom. And for a long time this year, I felt like I was a seed underground. And I was like, this word just, because the other years I've been gifted words like limitless. And I've seen how limitless the planet was. I was given trust last year and everything I did for those 365 days was based around trust. And I really truly learned to trust in me, trust in mother nature, trust in the universe, trust in the creator. And knowing that everything, I'm on the right path. So trust. And then because of, because of that journey that I went on, I know I'm able to really help people understand trust and trust in themselves. So it's really put a depth into the work that I do. And just the trust in myself, knowing that the messages I get, the pushes and the nudges that I get are the right things to do and to do them, i.e., you know, leading with light. I didn't even falter. The old me would have gone, oh, you're not a writer, you can't do that. No, 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 but no, trust, trust, I just did it, jumped in. Well, but yes, I- Well, that was to our benefit that we got you in that book, and that's a great segue for another shameless plug for Leading with Light, Volume 2, for any of Absolutely, absolutely. I want to share, there is a, isn't there a book, Jess, called One One Word or something like that? We did a, I was in a networking group. We had to pick one word for the year and everybody had to write yeah. it down. I picked abundance and I wrote it on everything. I drew it, I drew it in crayon on my, my bathroom mirror. And that was the year I, I went crazy. Everything got better and better and better. But I will say my favorite word is condominium. And <laughs> because condominium. I never live in one. Okay. Yes, you have to why, because that. you can sing it when you feel really sad, really sad. Okay. You're on a sad day. Go condominium, condominium, condominium. And you sing the word and somebody you feel happy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a very happy word to me. I don't know why. And I don't like condominiums. I just like the word. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Is that the right word? Do you have a favorite word, Jess? I'm an odd one. Jess, do a shameless plug for Leading with Light, Volume 2. Uh, yeah, I'll do a shameless plug for, plug for Leading with Light. Volume 2. Okay. Volume 1 is complete. It's amazing. Um... If you want to check it out, you can get a copy on Amazon or through one of us. And if you'd like to be a part, if you are a coach or a speaker that has a platform, that has a message that you want to make your movement um, and you want to write about it, get with us because we do have a few spots left in the upcoming book. If you want to be a published author in 2024 and that's something you've never done, um, then we'd love to hear from you and kind of look at some of your writing samples and, and see if you're fit for the book. So you can reach out to me at Jess at JessRidellCoaching.com or Lil, you want to give a shout out to your email as well? Sure. Um, you can reach reach me at Lil at GhostWritersNetwork.com, which is what GWN Publishing stands for. And uh, we are fixing my info at community, uh, center of community, uh, center of influence community.com. That is broken at the moment, but we're out. We shall have that fixed shortly. So that's where we're working on that. But our, all of our information will be at the end of every episode. You'll see a, a little place to, to find us. Uh, the, 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 the center of influence community really came from the idea that we had a book that Amidi Scarlett was working on together and she's one of our partners. And she had this group of women that were pretty influential and she thought we could do books around the center of influence and it kind of grew from there 
and uh, I'm a little nuts, as you can tell from my condominium conversation, <laughs> but uh, I'm fun. I'm, I like to be fun. And um, I just kind of kept adding things to the pile up. In fact, I talked to a gentleman yesterday who's going to come uh, go about our book launches in a very unique way next year. That's going to have people be able to, but by the time we launch the book, everyone will be out there getting their, their community together and the books will launch with over a hundred positive reviews. So, which is amazing. Cause once you hit a hundred reviews, you're rocking and rolling and he really knows how to do that. So we're going to be adding that probably as one of our things. And next year, we're, Jess and I are working hard on trying to see if we could possibly by, by maybe second quarter, do some sort of a Ted talk with the center of influence. But if you want to know more about how to become an author or even a member at the center of influence community, it is center of influence community.com long URL, but, but it takes you there. And it, everything in there is there to tell you what, it, what you get as an author, what it, what it costs to become part of our, our team, what the membership includes, what, what, it be, what being a, a marketing partner with us is. You can become a marketing partner and be the center of influence in a specific book. And we have some books uh, besides Leading with Light coming up as well. So, uh, yeah. So check us all out. And uh, we have had a wonderful time. Joanne, you are just brilliant. Uh, absolutely. As is everyone, I think, in Leading with Light and all of our books. We just had Sacred Connection Volume 1 come out. Volume 2 will be taking people soon. And that had, again, another Amazon bestseller in five categories. So very excited, as was Leading with Light, uh, an Amazon bestseller. So we're happy about what we're doing and bringing people together and community and creating new authors. And we're glad you're one of them. Thank you. Joe, so much thank you so much. Thank Sorry. <laughs> Thanks it's so been... much for joining us. You were delightful, delightful first guest. What a, what a day. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to sign off and out and see you at the next episode of Center of Influence podcast. Mm -hmm.